Hello, everybody. Welcome to 321 No Kidding. Bobby the Awesome here with my friend Peggy, and I am very excited to share her with you. Hi, Peggy. Thank you for being here. Hi, Bobby. Thank you for allowing me to be on your show. I'm so excited to be able to talk to you today as well. Me too. I feel so spoiled knowing you, and you're going to share some of your, your gems with everybody, but not only are you a, a therapist and have all this great knowledge to share with my audience today. You're a great friend and an inspiration and an entrepreneur. And I just, it's amazing how different we are, but how similar we are. So I love you for that. Oh, well, I appreciate it because I'm, I'm just so thankful to have crossed paths with you. And I did the same for you. It's just like, you're amazing. You're kind of like my you know, sidekick that is a little bit more kind of crazy on the outside, you know, can do some of those risky things where I can be a little bit more reserved at times. But (laughs) well, I think you have to practice adulting more than I do, given your circumstances. (laughs) You have to set an example. (laughs) So do you mind introducing yourself? Maybe say where you're from and all those crazy hats that you wear? Oh, gosh, there is a lot of hats. But okay, so I'm coming today from Superior, Nebraska, right in the kind of the middle of the country. Um, I am a mom. I have six kids, ages eight through 25. I am a mental health provider and I have done that for over 20 years. And I'm also, my husband farms. We have a row crop farming operation and I keep the books for that. Um, And I'm kind of switching a little bit. I'm just using all my hats. I'm a school board member. I'm on the board of health. I just volunteer a lot in the community and have done over the past. Um, My kids are very sports. So we're we're a very sports-minded family. Um, my husband and I did sports in college, and so all of my kids have uh, participated in a lot. So that takes a little bit. Um, and I'm working on uh, with farming. I'm trying to make that a little bit more e- efficient. So I, time and efficiency is kind of one of my deals that if you can imagine running a house with six people, um, you do kind of have to be on your game a little bit. So, um, but I am trying to make my life a little bit easier in the, in the farming aspect. And I'm, um, in the process of developing a software, um, to help manage grain, um, from harvest to payment, um, by integrating it into an accounting software. So that is called field pocket that's coming in the works in a few months, but let's just talk a little bit more about, you know, whatever you want to talk about and what's good for your community. Well, one of the things I, I don't know if it's almost nagging about the community is personal development. Like I, I truly believe that that's a big piece to recovery. It's been a huge part of mine. It's been about in reflecting, it's been a big part of my life, but it's a, it's a different feeling when I'm not gambling and drinking, like I'm paying more attention mm-hmm. to it. Um, so just the fact like your software, for example, is personal development. You found a solution to something. You're learning all this techie stuff. So I don't want to discount that. So I think it fits really into the example that I want my audience to hear about. Well, it is. It's a journey that we, you know, our life is a journey. And so we go from stages to stages. I remember, you know, when we first got married and we started having kids, you know, I was totally into all of that you know, prenatal stuff, what is the kids? Because I had a minor in human development. So, you know, trying to just immerse myself in, you know, learning about the, the growth stages of little kids and all of that. And then as kids grow, then you have different stages and then you have different personal things that you want to do. Um, I, I knew right off that I was not a good mom just to stay at home. 
Um, and, and that's okay. Um, I have to have time away and I have to have time with kids. And so, um, pursuing just, uh, my mental health practice, I actually didn't really know I wanted to do that and actually said I would never do that because of an abnormal psych class in college. But (laughs) I've been now doing this for over 20 years. And I think the piece of it is, is, is that you just kind of grow with, grow with yourself in your journey. And so there's things that you do first because you, Hey, I think I should do that. But then you refine it. And, and I'm, I'm attracting the clients I want to to work with and that work best with me at this point. I love that. And, you know, when I go into these shows, I don't necessarily have an agenda. And you brought up two things that I think I'd like to go deep with you on because you're an expert on these two things. So one would be goals and time management. I'm having flashbacks of your rock and water experiment on your (laughs) table. So I'd like to dive into that. And then also... One of the things I can't do a really good job with my audience on is the parental relationships, right? So if someone's trying to start off recovery, it's going to impact their family. It's going to impact their children. So maybe you could give us some advice on how to handle that. How, how is it setting an example? How is it communicating about the addiction? How much truth do we tell them at what age? Can we maybe talk about some of that? Sure, sure. So let's start out with, um, you know, you as an individual, not necessarily you, but, you know, your audience, you know, starting out as an individual, um, we need the organized uh, time and goals. You kind of like, okay, we've made a decision. I'm not going to do, you know, the gambling piece anymore or an addiction piece anymore or anything, even if you're not into that, just how you want to change, make a change in your life for the better. And so, First is a, an awareness of, okay, where is that happening and how do you get moved past that? But then it's like changing yourself and your environment because if you change a little bit of yourself, it's naturally going to affect the people around you. So your family, your friends, you know, in your environment. So prioritizing really what it is that you want. Okay, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. Um, and so how am I going to replace that with something that's better for me? And so like setting goals and things, I have a, a workbook that I would love to be able to send out to any of your listeners that um, want to. It's, it's a look, look, um, look Black Plan Ahead workbook. It's about goals. And I have 20 of them to give away. So, um, but it is a really good way to like, okay, what is an, what look back on your life or even just a certain time period. And go ask yourself some questions about, okay, what, what was great about it? What was not so great about it? Um, what do I want to accomplish? So now looking forward, what am I going to do? So if I don't want to, um, participate in some negative behaviors, you know, gambling addictions, anything like that, then, okay, what are you going to replace? Well, do I want to get my health better? Um, do I want to eat better? Do I want to, you know, move my body more? Do I want to, learn a new hobby, you know, or grow in whatever um, work that you're doing. Um, What is it that you're wanting to do? So you have to kind of make steps towards that. But as you were talking about, okay, how do you introduce that with kids and your family? And it's like, okay, (laughs) it's kind of like having a family meeting timeout. Okay. This is what I want to work on. And it's an accountability piece too, like, yeah, and different ages and 
stages of kids like I have. I mean, I have adult kids and I have young elementary kids. So how I talk to them is going to be different. Yeah. So for the younger kids, I would probably go in the kind of a, a higher level view of, hey, I'm trying to better myself. You know, I'm trying to, you know, mommy's going to be taking time to work out now, you know, because you want to get your health better or, you know, we're going to choose different things to eat. Now I'm going to put two vegetables on the table instead of none or one, you know, if I want to do that, Um, you know, and if they see you doing it, you know, they may want to participate as well. And the older ones, you can get in a little bit more in depth because you can get into all of the reasons or the consequences of what um, has gone on. You know, if it's a gambling thing, you know, what are some of the consequences? Well, it could be time away from family. It could be loss of income. It could be, you know, a lot of different things. And if it's a different addiction, what is the same? It kind of boils down to a kind of a lot of the same things, time away from family, um, money issues, um, stress, um, which you don't have to have an addiction to have those things either. So (laughs) that happens in anybody's life. So I don't know if I'm, you know, going anywhere here. No, you're, you're doing good. What, what I'm thinking of. So when I went through one of your classes, you had the circle and you mentioned, you know, health and I think relationships and work and there's all these things. So as I'm thinking from a gambler perspective, I always found hours a week to go gamble. But then when we stop gambling, we make excuses. Like one of our kind of jokes in the room is, you know, if it's snowing, oh, I can't go to my my Gamblers Anonymous meeting tonight or whatever. But then when you ask yourself, did I drive in the snow to get to the casino? The answer is usually yes. So there's I'm, I'm thinking of the balance now. When you quit gambling, mm-hmm. there's probably going to be two schools. One, people are going to have more time that they don't know what to do with, that they're bored. Yep. yep. And then there's going to be the investing in the recovery and the different things that take up different time. But it's a perception thing, like that snowstorm. What are, mm-hmm. it's, I think maybe it's a priorities thing. So there's right. two different schools, right? Yeah. And really, it kind of comes down to reflecting on, okay, if I'm going to stop this, this is, you know, being really honest with yourself about how much time it took. Because like you said, you know, hey, I could find time to, you know, go someplace and gamble for, you know, an hour or two a day. If I take that away, I have an hour or two, what am I going to do with it? And if you're not planning ahead, if you're not going, okay, what could there be some things that I could do? Is there something that I have put off or is there a new thing that I can do? But probably during the initial stages, that time frame might be, you know, filled up with meetings or, you know, trying to, uh, you know, talk to different people to kind of, you know, support you in that area. But then that gets kind of old too, you know, you people kind of move on through that journey and they, maybe they don't take as much time to do that. And so what is it that you want to learn? You know, what is it that you want to get better at? What did you miss before? If it's time with kids, if that's, you know, I'm family oriented here, but you know, if it's time with kids, then what would you want to do with that time? Well, ask them. They sure know what 
they want to do with time with you. And so it could be uh, learning, you know, to a new skill. It could be reading books. It could be, you know, like you said, along that personal development journey, it's going to take some kind of some just thought about what it is you want to do with that time and then set those goals. Okay. Is that going to be realistic? Can I, can I take a book a week and read, you know, for personal development? Can I take um, 30 minutes out of my day and play catch with my kid? It's softball, baseball season coming up. So, you know, can we go outside and play catch? Um, However, but you, you take and look at what's going to make me better. If I got to replace this, I have to fill it with something. Because if you don't, it's really going to be easy to sit and do nothing and fall back into a not so great habit. You said something in there. One thing, I love your delivery, how you always ask questions. You ask thought-provoking questions to the audience instead of just giving the answers. You do that all the time. And I love it, especially when you're delivering. Without even knowing. (laughs) Yeah, it's no, it's great. But what you said in there, and I I just want to call this out for the audience, is when it comes to the kids, ask them what they want to do. Like, that's brilliant. It seems obvious, but I really just latched onto that for some reason. Well, it's really true because we can go back, you know, we can might think we know what they want or, you know, we plan their schedule for them. But if you give them the opportunity to chime in and say, what do you want to do? It takes a little bit of practice, let me tell you, because I've, you know, with six kids, you got six different personalities. You got some that I can say, hey, what do you want to do? And they're just, hey, let's do this, this, this. And then I've got other ones that are going, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. I don't know. And then you have to like come up with some ideas you might think that they would like to do. And, and then hopefully that'll jog their memory. And sometimes it's just like, I'm sorry, but if you want to do something with me, you know, you've got to kind of lead it. And which is also another skill we need later in life too, but take charge of ourselves. Yeah. So if, if I was a parent, I'm like trying to play this out in my head. So I go from active activity, gambling, drinking, whatever the thing is, chances are I'm not around. Chances are I'm fighting with the spouse. Chances are I'm saying no to the kids about money stuff or activities or doing things. There's going to be a shift, right? Mm -hmm. Once, Once the thing, once we're working on the thing or that thing becomes absent and I can see I don't know how prepared a parent would be in the throes of it, but this transition period, you you said the younger ones, you might kind of give them a big scope and the older ones, you might get a little more in detail. Can you kind of define young and old for us? And then maybe an example of what a conversation would look like to express that all this transition is going to happen for both a little one and an older one? Okay. So when I'm thinking about younger ones, I'm thinking probably, you know, that 10, 12 and under, there's like probably three different stages of some of these. Um, Younger than, you know, five or six, there's probably not going to be a whole lot of, you know, explaining. It's just, it's more actions. It's more like being around. It's more, your presence and your mood and things like that. 
But if they're kind of six, seven, eight to 10, 12 area, you know, that's, you can have a conversation of, Hey, I'm going to try to make some changes. Just, I want to be around more for you. I want to do more things with you. I see that, you know, Hey, you're doing really, you know, I want to be interested in what you're doing in school. Um, did you want to be in any activities that you haven't been in yet? You know, those kind of things is kind of trying to like restart a relationship mm. kind of because if you've been gone, you know, out of the house and, and kind of distant from them, you may not know them very well. And so the trying just to spend a little bit of time with them, trying to get to re re-engage with them and figure out what it is that they like to do uh, because it changes. It definitely does change <laughs> over time. <laughs> And so that, so that's a little bit of that. And then when they get into the teenage years, um, that can be a little tough sometimes, depending on how the how long you've been kind of distant in a way. Um, teenagers are a little bit rough because they'll just either tell it as it is or just kind of have that gruff. Um, sometimes I don't want to have anything to do with you um, type of attitude, and that doesn't mean just because you've been kind of gone for a while. It it can be just a normal teenager that just uh, I want my independence. But there's some different things that um, with teenagers again, it is more of just being there and ha- making opportunities to kind of talk to them, um, getting to know them again too. I I introduce like talk and walks with my kids. Um, because with six, with six kids, sometimes it's kind of crazy and you don't get that personal time with them. So I'm like, Hey, let's go for a walk, you know? And so there's, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes of one-on-one time for them to be able to open up and, you know, just tell them about, ask them about their day without any other, but anybody else distracting or interruptions. And to this day, my older ones will still come home and go, Hey mom, you want to go for a walk? <laughs> oh, that's great. And then I'm like, okay, then I have to judge, you know, I'm like, okay, I think this is a time where it's just one-on-one time. You know, this isn't just an exercise walk. This is, I need to talk to you, mom walk. So then you can go into a little bit more detail because then you can kind of say, for the older ones, okay, this is how this has impacted my life, you know, in our life. And you can ask them their perspective of it and growing up with that and how you wish it would have been different. And some of the consequences that, you know, maybe you, you didn't get to know them very well, but now you want to, you know, have a better relationship and then teach them a little bit more about money, maybe money, you know, saving money and, you know, using it for, to growing yourself and personal development or saving for things that you really want. So I'm hearing honesty and communication as, as the key factors in what you're saying. Definitely. And you have to be really honest with yourself and not just with the other one. You have to be honest with yourself and you have to be able to take a step back and look at how your actions have affected other people. And, but you have to ask them too, almost how it affected them because their perception is going to be different than maybe your perspective. And it's going to be different at the different ages they were at as well. True. So as I'm playing this out in my head and I'm thinking about a traditional person just starting their journey 
guilt and shame. Those are two of the the biggest, biggest drivers. And again, I've never had to think about that from accountability in a family piece. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I was secretive enough and didn't have the direct, you know, I mean, my ex-husband, he knew, uh, but, but if I was trying to set an example as a parent or disappointing, or again, those no's that came from not having things because of the situation. So Mm -hmm. can you give us some wisdom on how to handle guilt and shame or your perspective on guilt and shame? That is always a tough one because guilt is something we put on ourselves. We interpret that and we um, attach that feeling to whatever experience and circumstance that was. What I often tell people is don't beat yourself up for something you did in the past because at the time, even though it may not look great, the decisions you made were the the best decisions you thought you could make at the time. And so we can't beat ourselves up for not having new knowledge like we do now. You know, and so as we grow, we have new knowledge. And so we can't keep, you know, putting ourselves down for what we didn't know before. But you cut, you know, and you can, it's so easy to fall into the the guilt and the shame and get into a really down mood and depressed about it. And because you're like, wow, what if I didn't do that? How would my life be different? well, okay, you can go stop, you know, okay, now you can make that choice right now. And how can your life be different if you continue to make these so-called better choices? Um, The guilt piece is just something we have to like take a step back going, that's in the past. I'm putting this on myself. I did the best I could at the time, but now I have some new knowledge and I have some new goals. I have, I want to have a different life. So now I don't have to hang on to that. I can just go from today forward. One, one of the things, and I say it as, I don't know if this is politically correct, but I, I refer to it as the voices in my head Oh yeah, (laughs) when I'm talking about it, because there's the ones that tell the story that is not a very good story. Usually, you know, Mm -hmm. if they're talking And it takes a lot more work for me to tell myself a good story. And usually it's from other people helping me tell myself a good story and then processing, am I going to choose to believe them or not? Mm -hmm. And if I am, am I going to make it, you know, part of, part of trying to outweigh those icky voices in my head. Again, really fancy language here. (laughs) But is this something that you talk about with your clients, like those, those thoughts that can trip them up? And, and I imagine whether it's addiction or life, because you, you said it right there in the beginning, you don't have to have an addiction to have these feelings or these circumstances. So can you maybe, do you have any easy coping strategies or simple ones that maybe you can tell us, give us some wisdom on? Well, there's lots of different strategies, you know, too, but the, I mean, the main overall goal here is to stop and be aware of what you're thinking. And so sometimes, you know, people don't want to like stop and think it's like, well, you know, what's in that, but we can get ourselves down different rabbit holes, you know, and different moods very, very quickly, depending on our thoughts. 
So often I go through with um, my clients, it's not a a fancy word, but it's how your thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and your body responses all work together. And so we have thoughts and all of this stuff, I believe, initiated through our thoughts, but our thoughts create feelings. So we can create guilt, shame, you know, we can be angry, we can be happy, we can be grateful just by what we're thinking. And that in turn can, our behaviors are a result of that. So we act differently. We have different actions when we're happy. You know, we're smiling, you know, we're laughing, whatever. And if we're angry, you know, our body just does some different things. We do different things. You know, we slam doors, you know, we throw things, you know, we, you know, whatever we do, we, we withdraw, we hide from people, you know, but our body also goes through some changes. And so recognizing our body at times, okay, well, if I'm mad, guess what? I'm probably like clenching my jaws or my fists, my muscles are tense. My heart's probably racing. My temperature of my body is probably going up. You know, if I'm nervous, you know, my stomach, you know, butterflies in my stomach, you know, it has, you know, it has that different feeling. And so working through with people of recognizing when do you recognize something has changed, you know, because we're not necessarily very good at looking in the mirror and seeing what's, what's up with us, but we can probably um, tell in somebody else that somebody else is mad or they're, uh, you know, whatever. And, but we have to take a time out. And just take a step back from ourselves and go, okay, what am I noticing right now? Am I notice, noticing my thoughts? Well, oftentimes we don't, that's not the first thing we recognize. Sometimes we recognize, you know, what were my actions? Um, what did I just do? You know, I just like threw something across the room. I'm like, ah, you know, or our body, like, oh, what's this feeling? You know, and then we have to kind of like take that, like a, like a movie script. And you take a video and you pause it and you rewind and you go step by step and you try to figure out what happened. And then at what point could you make a different choice? I love that. That applies to an urge. The way you just said that, we Mm -hmm. talk about playing, playing the script all the way out. And it might sound really good to go to go gamble right now because, you know, so-and-so pissed me off. So again, recognizing these feelings, right? So yeah, now I have an urge. And if you can somehow figure out how to press pause, because if you thought about the urge, you're going to go, you're going to lose, you're going to feel X, Y, Z, you know, and these are the consequences versus you don't stop to think you go and then all those consequences happen. So right. It's probably not perfect, but if we do play it out as opposed to that initial, I don't have to deal with whatever's triggering me, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's an excitement thing. Like some of the things it's really, it's really bananas. Money can be a trigger. Like if there's one friend of mine, he'll be like, he was nervous about his daughter's college tuition. So in his mind, going to gamble was going to be the way to get the money for it. But really, on a logical level, he knows that chances are he's going to lose more. So it's this really weird cycle. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I don't talk about that enough. Yeah, it's really important for people to be able to take a step back and, you know, be 
be in a position to be able to rewind what is going on and pick out the pieces. Like, how did that urge start? Or when did that first kind of recognize? Can you recognize that a little bit sooner the next time? And okay, if this comes up, which temptation, urge, whatever is going to come up in anything. I mean, I most likely recognize that most people would on food, (laughs) see it, you eat it kind of thing, you know? So, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? Okay. I know this urge is going to come up because you can't totally avoid everything, you know? So it's going to come up. What are my choices? You know, and think about it before and even write it down. I mean, write it down in a notebook. Like this is my goal. If this comes up, these are my choices. I'm going to have this choice, this choice, and this choice. You know, one could be personal. Can I, can I get out of this situation? Can I remove myself from that particular location? If not, what can I do? How can I better distract myself to get me thinking about something else? Because you're right. Because, you know, like, don't think about the elephant in the room. And what are you thinking about? The elephant in the room. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that if it's in front of you, you are going to think about it. So you have to give yourself at least a couple different options on how to move forward in a better way. So you're suggesting that we do it ahead of time before the urge, yes. too, right? Like the documenting and the planning, like what are my strategies going to be if this happens? Yes, because in the moment, <laughs> all right. We know how much (laughs) resistance we have in the moment, hardly any, you know, we're not so mindful when things happen very quickly, or we feel like it's kind of out of our control. Like, you know, I'm kind of a planned, organized person. So when something doesn't, I mean, I'm I'm not real strict at it, but I kind of have this flow in my head about how the day is going to go. And if something messes it up, I have to take a step back and go, okay, I got to reevaluate and re-choose because I don't just want to react because reaction gets gets reacting just like blows up in our face. (laughs) Really. I've never heard it that way. Re-choose instead of react. I love that. Love that. Um, we're getting close to time. So is there anything okay. else that you want to maybe share? And even you could think of it from a normal, whoever would walk into your you know, office, maybe mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. advice or parting words, and then also your contact information. I, I heard you okay. say earlier that you have a gift. So yes. that would be amazing. Okay. Um, so Everybody that I work with is um, self-care is very important. And so taking care of yourself um, in any aspect of that you choose, you know, whether it, you know, you talked about the kind of the circle, it's just different aspects of our life, you know, our health, our, you know, nutrition, stress, sleep. Um, those are the biggest things that I talk about moving our body but our thoughts, having that mindful time to take the, taking a time out and just sitting with ourselves and seeing where we're at so that we are choosing the life that we want and choosing the actions we want to take versus just reacting. And so the self-care piece is really, and you can put everything in that bucket, really. I mean, you, you can put 
you know, drinking water, you can do just time out for yourself, you know, the fun and games. And it's in, and it's the purposeful work that you do as well. And so I don't know what's best, what best for contact for, um, the workbook. Um, uh, my Pe- Peggy Meyer is my name. Positive solutions is, um, my business name. And so I'm on Facebook that way. Um, or shoot, I don't know, Bobby, is it okay to shoot you a message and then, sure. you know, get it to me, what, however your audience wants to find me. Um, they know where you are and you know where I can be reached. So exactly. Well, we'll put a link in the notes to, okay. to, uh, to get you your Facebook connection or something. We'll okay. make it a little yep. easier, but that's very okay. generous of you. And I, I appreciate you being here and Love that you ended on a self-care note because that is one of the things I preach about. And in in the environment where I first met you, we were in a, a class one night or a breakout or whatever. And I used mm-hmm. the word self-care and one of the coaches changed it. She goes, well, no, I use selfish. And she goes, well, maybe it's in reference to self-care. She's like, well, maybe it's self-devoted. And that's really stuck with me. So I love self-care, mm-hmm. self-devotion. I think it's crucial for yes. our sanity and our survival and thriving. So I love that you ended on that note. Yes, we all need more of it. A hundred percent. Well, I appreciate the time with you and, and taking the time and you know, if anybody has questions, reach out to me, reach out to Bobby. She knows where to find me. And hey, if we can do this again, just let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Peggy. I appreciate you being here. 